David Blair, Democratic candidate for county executive in Montgomery County, Maryland, and a wealthy entrepreneur, says, Our county is being split between the haves and the have-nots. Which he says is, Bad and it's getting worse. David says the solution to addressing growing wealth disparities in our community is to improve the business climate in Montgomery County, Maryland. In my world, what, what business friendly means is if an inspector, quote, misses it, we're going to pay for it. Hear more from David as he elaborates on his plan to improve the business climate in Maryland. Hello, and welcome to Public Interest Podcast with your host, Jordan Cooper, where we have been interviewing politicians, activists, advocates, and others since 2016 with the intention of ennobling public service, creating a platform for positive civil discourse, and facilitating dialogue with difference. This show is the antidote for those who are tired of hearing about what's going wrong with the world. We showcase people just like you who are working to leave the world better than they found it. And that's good news. And now a word from former President John F. Kennedy with his views on public service. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. I'll remind you that this show is made possible by viewers like you. If you appreciate what we're doing here at Public Interest Podcast and enjoy this episode, please contribute $1 at publicinterestpodcast.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. We are here today with David Blair, Democratic candidate for Montgomery County Executive in Montgomery County, Maryland. David is the former executive chairman of Accountable Health Solutions and a current partner at Monumental Sports and Entertainment. David is also the former chairman and CEO of Catalyst Health Solutions. David, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you for, uh, for having me. Glad to have you on the show. The first question I'd like to pose to you is what are you currently doing or what have you ever done to advance the public interest and why? Oh, sure. So... I am currently running for county executive here in Montgomery County for the sole purpose uh, to improve our community. Mm-hmm. So as a, as a lifelong resident here in Montgomery County, um, I know it pretty well. Um, I grew up in Darnstown. It's where my wife and I met. It's where I started my business. Um, and there's so many things to love about Montgomery County, mm-hmm. and yet I increasingly see where we are and where we ought to be. Mm-hmm. And so... What I've been doing over the last several years is really kind of peeling back the onion to mm-hmm. understand, so what's going on? Why do we have some of the worst traffic congestion in the country? Or why, why are our schools overcrowded? Um, why is the affordability um, going up and making it so difficult for people to live here? So you're de- you, you're, you most notably uh, have made your impact in Montgomery County as an entrepreneur and a business executive. Uh, you joined a pharmaceutical benefits manager company that your dad had started, I believe, in the late 90s. And uh, the company was, on the, it was going downhill. And then what happened is uh, you, you got a, an IPO, you got investment on Wall Street, and you became uh, successful. Would you speak about how uh, the business climate in Montgomery County or Maryland more broadly or, or any other kind of influences on your business enabled you to thrive or prevented your father's business from doing well? Oh, sure. So, so, um so let me start. So, so kind of the, the history that you described isn't quite accurate, but, mm-hmm. but that's not really relevant for your question because I think your question is really focused on... Economic the, development. Yeah, economic development. So let me just comment on that. So um, having um, built a company here over 15 years, I'm, I'm quite familiar with the opportunities and the challenges of doing business in Montgomery County. And I also had offices in 30 other states, and these were um, large distribution centers, big call centers, and so I got first-hand experience for um, what it's like to do business in Montgomery County as opposed to other communities. 
and it's a real challenge here in Montgomery County. And it's there's not one thing that makes it difficult. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's a variety of things, and so everything from um, just opening up your business and getting through the permit and the inspection process mm -hmm. um, is is cumbersome and. Um, finding out what talent's available, the space that's available, the programs. I, you know, when I would get off an airplane in other parts of the country, you know, Des Moines, Iowa, I remember, mm -hmm. um, economic development folks met me at the airport and they had glossy brochures about, hey David, here's where um, you should think about relocating or opening up your next office, and here's the talent that's available, here's some of the, the programs that are available at the schools. And so they really catered to, to us as opposed to Montgomery County. Interesting. A lot of individuals will make the argument, especially contrasting Montgomery County to our neighbor in Northern Virginia, that uh, Montgomery County's tax code is inappropriately uh, structured to facilitate business. But it sounds like it's just a mentality of catering to business. It's a way of structuring regulations, but also kind of a desire to open well, a door. No, I mean, I think, the, I mean, the, the, there's the tax structure hurts too. I mean, I mean, I was at a meeting recently, recently, and it was shared that uh, Dominion Power mm -hmm. um, across the river, mm -hmm. they're sending out solicitations to Montgomery County businesses saying, hey, if you relocate to Virginia, your power bill will be 30% less mm -hmm. than it is in Montgomery County because we've, we've got an energy tax here in Montgomery County that makes it very difficult for data-intensive businesses uh, to compete. So why is it that with all those challenges in Montgomery County, you chose to locate your headquarters in Montgomery County, Maryland? So I grew up here. This was home. So, so and, and when, when, when you start a business and it's, you know, two or three people or four people or five or six or ten, you're not necessarily encumbered by some of those, those barriers, perhaps. <laughs> but um, what was a shame was we grew to be, you know, thousands of employees um, across, you were a Fortune 500 company. Mm -hmm. And... Um, we just had our corporate headquarters here. Why didn't you move? You know what? It's home. So I love Montgomery County. So I, you know, there's, I was born and raised here. Um, I love the community. It's where my family is, my friends. So I'm kids. hearing there are other motivations and simply profit maximization. Oh, sure. I think, I mean, I think as Montgomery, which was one, one of the things that's wonderful about Montgomery County is people are willing to pay more to live here, right? So people are willing to pay higher taxes because we have some of the best schools mm -hmm. and some of the best social programs in the country. Mm -hmm. So uh, right now, one of the hot topics is uh, attracting the second Amazon headquarters, potentially to Montgomery County. Now, the state of Maryland has a history of providing large corporations with tens of millions of dollars of tax credits. Maryland has provided tax credits to Lockheed Martin, Marion International, Discovery Communications, uh, uh, Northrop Grumman, Netflix, a variety of large corporations. Uh, some of these corporations may locate here because their CEO and founder lives here. Um, and the argument is made that these uh, tax credits are actually necessary to attract these businesses. Do you have any thoughts on the efficacy of tax credits being used to incentivize the location of businesses in Montgomery County? And do you have any thoughts on how we should move forward with the Amazon process? Sure. So, um, so my experience with a CEO of a Fortune 500 company is you opened up your office or you relocated your office um, based first on where the talent was, right? So wh where are there, is there available employees mm -hmm. um, and then a cost of living that works. Mm -hmm. um, and then you're looking for other resources and depending on what kind of business you're in, you might be looking for you know, access to transportation or data centers or um, next to the federal government. And so there's, 
different things that you would be looking for. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what's going to drive the business decision. And then to a much lesser extent, are you going to start thinking about tax subsidies um, to relocate your business? Um, as it relates to Amazon specifically, so I think I think done right, it would be fabulous for Montgomery County. It would, it, I mean, it's once in a lifetime opportunity. Um, but I've also said that um, you know, counting on Amazon for economic development is a little bit like going to Las Vegas and playing the roulette wheel. That it's not sustainable. You can't just hope that you know every you know fifty years, you know, a Fortune ten company decides to open up a second headquarters and hire fifty thousand employees. It's just not. It's not practical. Um, and, I, and I'll go back. I said I'll say. If it's done right, mm -hmm. it'll be great, because our county has a history of um, not properly investing in the infrastructure, and so we've proposed. There's a proposed two billion dollar infrastructure package: um, new roads, transportation systems, um, schools, uh, so that the fifty thousand employees could um, work here, right? And so we need to make those investments first. I'm sorry, this $2 billion pack, it, infrastructure package is something that you're proposing? No, it's something that the, that the state of Maryland and Montgomery County has proposed. Okay. And so and I'm saying if we, we, we need to execute on that $2 billion. We, right. I mean, if you were... Um, but you do you just, believe that there should be a $5 billion tax credit extended to Amazon to locate, to attract so, them here? So the, so my understanding is that it's a $2 billion infrastructure package, uh -huh. which is just down the street from where we're speaking at White Flint. Mm -hmm. And so clearly, if you drive by there, you, you would need to spend $2 billion to, to put in the infrastructure to accommodate mm -hmm. that number of employees and families. Mm -hmm. So that seems appropriate to me. And then my understanding is it's actually a $3 billion mm -hmm. tax credit. And they haven't shared the details. And I think that's really important because um, the, the way it's been described mm -hmm. is it's a reduction of future um, taxes that they would be paying. I'd like to see the details. I think that would be important. So you've described yourself as a pro-growth candidate. Um, you've made money investing in startups, uh, health tech companies, uh, and, and working within the healthcare sector to create wealth. In fact, you ended up managing a $5 billion budget in the private sector, which incidentally is the same size budget as Montgomery County's. How are you going to create how are you going to implement? What will it look like to have a pro-growth agenda in Montgomery County? How will it be different from what's currently be done, uh, and, and what can we do better? Yes, sure. So, so when you when you say pro-growth, I, I really think of pro-business. Okay, <laughs> so um, and the the challenge that we have right now as a county <laughs> is we've grown by one hundred fifty thousand residents over the past fifteen years, um, which is wonderful and is expensive because. The, it puts pressures on transportation systems, our social services, our public schools, and that requires money. Um, and to get that money, our solution has been to raise taxes. And if you look at what we've done as a county is we've continually raised taxes over that 15-year period, um, all sorts of different things, whether it's the recordation tax, I've mentioned the energy tax, property tax hikes, to pay for that. It's, um, it's getting to be unsustainable to continually raise taxes. Okay. And so we, we, we need to make our county more affordable, and so that's no longer a practical solution. Um, it's certainly unacceptable to let our schools or our services deteriorate. Mm -hmm. So we need new revenues. We need to expand the tax base. And so one of the things that, that I've put forward is a comprehensive plan on economic growth and job development. How are we actually going to grow the tax base, right, so we don't have to continually increase property taxes and other fees? And if we do that, 
right? If we expand the tax base, we actually start creating jobs here. Well, then we can have the best of both worlds. We can, we don't have to have higher, we have a more affordable community to live in, mm -hmm. we won't be raising taxes, and we can have some of the best schools and transportation systems. So David, 96% of all of Montgomery County's businesses uh, have 50 or fewer employees. In fact, it would be fair to say that Montgomery County's economy, the backbone of Montgomery County's economy, is formed by small businesses. Do you have any proposals to help small businesses? Uh, like you said, the big Amazon uh, deal uh, might come only once in a generation. Right. So, um, in fact, if you, if you look at my jobs plan, it <laughs> focuses on small businesses because you're absolutely right. That is the backbone. And actually, Virtually all net new job growth mm -hmm. in this country comes from small businesses. That big companies tend to acquire, 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 then they do layoffs. So small businesses are critical. And so um, if you look at our jobs package, one of the things we propose is a culture of yes, right? Mm -hmm. So how, how are we gonna help businesses get open? Talk about being business friendly. Let me give you specifically what that means though, because you'll hear just about everyone say, oh yeah, we should have a business friendly environment. I don't know that people who haven't been in business actually understand what that means. Mm -hmm. um, so my wife opened up a business last year. It's uh, Badlands, it's an indoor uh, kids learning center uh, in Rockville. Um, 10 days before we opened, big place, 30,000 square feet, huge facility. 10 days before we opened up, the electrical inspector was in there looking at the lights and saying, hey, this looks great, David and Michael. Um, you're ready to open uh, mm -hmm. next week. We'll sign off on this next week. The following week, a different inspector came in and uh, looked at the lighting and said, that'll never work. You'll have to rewire that. And we're like, well, what happened? Mm -hmm. Well, the inspector missed it. Mm -hmm. And there's not just one example. There was, there was you know, half dozen examples when we were opening up our facility where we got conflicting information. And so in my world, what, what business friendly means mm -hmm. is if an inspector, quote, misses it, we're going to pay for it. Because my wife and I were fortunate that um, we were in a position where we could afford to get the, the lighting rewired and we could open on time. And, and, but, but so many people that open up small businesses, um, they borrowed money from their friends and family, they yeah. maxed out credit cards. And so that, that's absolutely a crime to think that we would stifle small businesses from opening up because we weren't executing as a, as a local government. So, um, so it starts with culture, culture of yes, it's about streamlining those processes. Sounds like if we make the mistake, we'll pay for it, kind of. If right, and we won't make many mistakes because we'll, we'll put in the controls to make sure it doesn't happen. So um, you've, you've mentioned, uh, I mean, I guess many people, you're, you're running in a crowded race or county executive, right. uh, running against current Montgomery County Council members who've been in elective office for, for a few years now. You've been quoted as saying uh, that uh, you've spent a great deal of your life working on your resume and now it's time to work on your obituary. Uh, and that's why you may be interested in entering public service now. I think a lot of voters are, are wondering, David, why are you running for uh, Montgomery County Executive and why now? Okay, so, um, so really succinctly, um, I'm not satisfied with where we're at. It drives me crazy that we have this level of wealth, um, that we have this infrastructure, that the talented, generous people in Montgomery County, and we're not achieving at a high level, right? And so you can go through almost any area of our county, we're slipping, we're not reaching our potential. And candidly, I'm tired of waiting. I'm mm -hmm. tired of waiting. And you said that the people that I'm running with have been in county government for a few years. No, like over a decade, right? Mm -hmm. In some cases, like two decades. And so. It's not getting done. And so pick a topic, right? Our schools, our transportation, I mean, seen the benefits we provide our seniors, business growth. 
it's not getting done. And um, and I believe that I'm uniquely qualified. Um, I'm the right guy at the right time because we're not creating jobs. I mean, the, the numbers are staggering. We've We've created 4,000 private sector jobs here in Montgomery County over the last 15 years. Mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier that the population is going by 150,000. Mm -hmm. So just think about that. That's one job for every 38 residents. So, so, that, so why do we have 200,000 people that commute out of this county every single morning for jobs? Mm -hmm. Because we're not creating jobs here. We have 10 million square feet of unoccupied commercial real estate, right? Just drive up and down 270 and you see, you know, for lease signs, mm -hmm. you know, in every building. And that, okay. Why so? So why is that important? Okay. Well, why, why I'll, is I'll it tell you why it's important. Okay, here's why it's important. Because those buildings that are now empty, all right, the assessed property values have dropped, and so in real dollars, so so we're, we're not far from Executive Boulevard. There's uh -huh. nine buildings on that street that are over fifty thousand square feet. They used to pay three hundred thousand dollars a year in taxes, roughly fifteen years ago. Now they pay two hundred thousand dollars a year in taxes. So in real dollars, these buildings are paying less and less in taxes. So that means your personal taxes have to keep getting increased to offset that. So we're not creating jobs, people need to leave. We're, we're not filling up these buildings. 10 million square feet, that would accommodate 100,000 workers. So suppose you're county executive right now, what are you doing to fill those office buildings on Executive Boulevard? Oh my goodness, so, so, we've, so we've gotten so many different proposals. So I'll give you one, incubators. So we've done a good job in this county with biohealth, and so we've got a lot of initiatives there to but, but that's we, we can't stop there. So I put forth a proposal about creating incubators in six different areas. Mm -hmm. So I'll just give you one. Hospitality. We should own the hospitality startup market in the country. Because of what Marriott has done here over the last 90 years, where they've there's been so many spinoffs, you know, whether it's Sodexo or Host, or now even Hilton is across the river. If you're starting up a company anywhere in the country, let's say you're, you're graduating from Indiana University and you've got an idea for the next, I don't know, let's say core, you know, keyless door entry system, mm -hmm. you should be thinking, oh, I've got to go to Montgomery County because they have an incubator in one of these spaces, let's say it's off of Executive Boulevard, I'm going to be housed with um, a number of other startup companies, I'm going to get an opportunity to meet with representatives from Marriott and Host. And so I would start using, repurposing these buildings for incubator space. Um, I, let me give you another example. You want to? Well, so, so this is your idea of turning Montgomery County into the next Silicon Valley. Well, so so we've got to create a culture of entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. we've, we've just got to. And so, um, you know, one of the things I've proposed and something that I've been intimately involved in is bringing entrepreneurship classes to our high schools. Mm -hmm. And so, we we need. And it really should be getting even starting at middle school. Mm -hmm. So that you know, our young people can start to see a pathway to creating businesses. Because go back to what you said earlier: mm -hmm. small businesses are the backbone of this county. And so we've got—I was fortunate because my dad was an entrepreneur growing up, mm -hmm. so I got to see that. So it didn't seem particularly hard. But other people don't have that benefit. Now, in your campaign, you are actually refusing uh, any political contributions from corporations or political action committees. Can you? But you're not accepting uh, public financing. Can you explain why you're limiting yourself in that regard? You know what? Um, so, so I like public campaign financing. I, I, I think it's good for the, the county. Um, it makes sense. We get more candidates running. I mean, it's unprecedented the number of candidates running for you know, county council at large. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's great. Um, it wasn't appropriate for me to take it. You know, I've been fortunate financially, so I 
was uncomfortable taking taxpayer money to mm -hmm. fund my campaign. Mm -hmm. And then um, taking, you know, raising money from individuals just felt right versus corporations or PACs. So if you were elected county executive, of course, you'd have an array of individuals who are elected to the Montgomery County Council. And county executive doesn't pass a budget on his own. He must work with the county council. What sort of working relationships do you have with various candidates in the county council? What makes you think that you'll be able to work well with them to advance your priorities? Well, so, um, so this is going to be um, about relationship and trust. And, and so one of the things that I've said is, you know, the first thing I want to do um, when elected is go on a, you know, a three-day retreat with the nine council members. And, you know, because um, we're going to have to get to know each other mm -hmm. um, and trust each other. And, and they're out there making promises, too, to their constituents. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to have to understand how, how are we going to work together. And you said, like, how do I know I can do it? Because I've, I've been an executive for 20 years and, mm -hmm. and worked with, you know, big groups, small groups to pass equally sized budgets. Do you think, yeah, do you think, what do you think will be the greatest differences between managing a $5 billion budget in a private sector and doing it in the public sector? Oh, I, well, I think, I think government and business is very much different. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, and the government processes, um, there's more constituents. Mm -hmm. um, there's, it's a, it's a slower process. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be, It'll be challenging, but 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 the the same underlying skills around financial discipline, you know, finding redundancies, implementing new technologies, you know, the, the, many of the skills are the same, but but I think um, from a general perspective, it's very different. Now, one of your campaign platform items is uh, calls attention to uh, growing socioeconomic uh, wealth disparities across the country, also academic achievement uh, disparities. How will your programs begin to address wealth disparities in Montgomery County? Okay, so, um, so, so, so you're getting at the, the core of why I'm running, right? The absolute core is our county is being split between mm -hmm. the haves and the have-nots, mm -hmm. and, and by any metric. And you know, I think you just mentioned the achievement gap. And so um, this is bad, and it's getting worse. Mm -hmm. And there are proven programs out there to address this. Uh, and they're not crazy expensive. So, so here's here's the, here's the first thing I would do when I take office. Okay, is I would implement an early childhood education program um, for all kids. And the the program that I worked with the bipartisan policy center on um, identifying is something in Durham, North Carolina. And it's a great program. It's really simple. Every new mom is visited three times by a nurse. Mm -hmm. And that nurse is going through not only what the social programs are available in the community, but the vocabulary gap, the brain development, nutrition, on the importance of reading to your child. Um, there's so many great apps for phones and tablets mm -hmm. that can help with education that aren't being utilized because um, th this was from Philadelphia, the Einstein Medical Center. They, believe it or not, they found that 50% of kids under one mm -hmm. were already starting to use a tablet. Hmm. And so we've got, so, so it's an absolute crime, right? that we're not investing in these little kids. Because here's the problem, Jordan, if you don't invest in them when they're little, like that, they get to pre-K or K or kindergarten, and they're not ready to learn it. And once they're behind, they're always behind. And we don't have a second chance as a community, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, don't, so I don't get it. I don't get it why Montgomery County, as rich as we are, we don't have a simple program like that that's proven to work. Mm -hmm. So I would do that. Then let's talk about pre-K. There's probably no better investment that we can make than pre-K. We don't have universal pre-K here. 
Hmm. It's also really expensive. It's like, I don't know, $130, $130 million for universal pre-K. Program. How would you pay for it? Well, I, so I would start with um, Title I schools. And so I would put uh, universal pre-K or a pre-K, high-quality pre-K in all of our Title I schools is where I would start. Are there any programs you would cut in order to make room in that budget? So, so we've gone through the budget. There's a lot of areas that we think that there's redundancy. So I'll give you one. So last year, the county spent $65 million in overtime. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of overtime. That's a lot of overtime. And so, so things like that, um, you know, the... Were there services that were provided during that overtime that you think don't need to be provided or you'd want to hire more staff to just be oh, regular time? Oh, yeah. So if you just hired people at... You know, normal wages, you'd save right. twenty-three million dollars, and then you're figuring you can, you know, save at least maybe you'll always have a little bit of overtime, uh-huh. right? But you're looking at ten, fifteen million dollars of savings potentially just there. And there's areas whether it's healthcare, there's other programs where I think we could save money. So as we approach the end of this podcast episode, David, I'd like to ask you a final two-part question. You have the opportunity now to speak to our listeners um, about what's motivated you to advance the public interest throughout the course of your career, what's motivating you to run right now, and what you hope at the end of your career might be your legacy. If you were to speak to those voters, what would you say to them on those topics? So, so, um, so the reason that I'm the right person at the right time is because I know Montgomery County, I know our values, I see the potential of where we should be and how we're slipping. Mm -hmm. And so, and I'm the person who can um, find the dollars to fund these programs. So whether it's our overcrowded schools, our broken transportation system, the services that we provide to our seniors, the the housing affordability, we didn't even touch on Jordan, Mm -hmm. but, but we've got a major affordability issue with housing and so so we're coming um, forward with real solutions Mm -hmm. and ways to pay for these programs and that has been david blair democratic candidate for montgomery county executive former executive chairman of accountable health solutions a partner at monument sports and entertainment and a former ceo and chairman of cattle's health solutions who speaks about improving our community by investing in little kids and by incentivizing growth uh, especially among small businesses he's a candidate who characterizes himself as a as a businessman who's able to find money for government and who's able to address the split between as what he refers to as the haves and the have-nots he says that Montgomery County has great potential, and with him in a leadership position, we'll be able to get there. David, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Jordan. It's a pleasure. This has been another episode of Public Interest Podcast with your host, Jordan Cooper, where we interview politicians, activists, advocates, and others who seek to improve the state of the world. I'll remind you to subscribe on publicinterestpodcast.com, iTunes, or your favorite podcast listening platform. And please join the conversation by calling 240-630-0380 or emailing engage at publicinterestpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.